Did anyone ever imagine that there would be a streaker at a PGA Tour golf event? Because I sure didn't. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 25 of the Rough Golf Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Harris. Thank you so much for joining me today, Rough Golfers. Hope your day is going well. We're going to be talking about the Waste Management 16th Hole Madness, new World Golf number one, and a special guest at the Genesis Invitational. Well, semi-special, because I'm sure you guys know about him, but I'm sure you also didn't believe that he was going to enter into a golf tournament this soon. So, 16th hole at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. It's known as probably the loudest hole in golf. I think that's their their tagline. Um, If you guys have not seen the Waste Management uh, 16th hole Phoenix Open Coliseum area is what they call it, it's basically like three-tiered grandstands that surround this par three on the 16th at the uh, Waste Management Open. And it's filled with people. They're pretty much just having one big old party while they're watching golf. Because that's really what it is. It's more like a party while golf's happening. It's not necessarily like they're there to watch golf and then a party happens. It's kind of the opposite. But it is just a loud and rather raucous affair to throw some vocabulary, some vocabulary in there on you. But uh, a lot of people having a good time watching golf you know, partaking in uh, adult beverages and other things like that. But a lot of people can take a good time and, uh, you know, get carried away a little bit. And this is what happened on the 16th hole. We actually had a streaker running down the 16th hole all the way from the tee, near about the tee box to the green. He then grabs the flag stick and, you know, dances with it or something like that. I'm it's crazy, okay? I never imagined this would happen in golf. And and furthermore, once the, the streaker notices that the uh, security guards are on him, he tears off through the player's walk to the 17th hole and like runs down the 17th hole, the 18th hole, and jumps in a pond and then swims for a little bit. I mean, is this not the craziest thing you've heard at a PGA Tour event? It sounds more like something that would happen at a live golf event. I mean, it really does, given the, the the atmosphere that I've read about at these events. But what a crazy time. And I'm, you know, I wonder, is this good for golf? And I'm sure I'm going to ruffle a lot of feathers here because I'm sure some of you out there believe that it is good for golf, that this type of fan involvement, the excitement, the the, you know, partying in a way turns this more into an approachable event for people who maybe are not the biggest fans of actually, you know, watching just golf. And they've got, you know, kind of a, a an easy on-ramp to the sport. And I would say that the Waste Management Phoenix Open uh, provides that for some people. Now, a lot of people feel that this may not be good for golf because, uh, you know, it's more like a frat party than it is a golf tournament. I mean, what other golf tournament on the PGA Tour, at least, do you see People, you know, yelling and cheering from the stands when players were hitting or, you know, booing and yelling out, you know, horrible things to these players when they, you know, miss a putt or something like that. I mean, sure, you've got the occasional guy that wants to make a smart remark, but on average, you don't have this like loud Coliseum style rowdiness that you see at the 16th hole. I mean, it really is like a, a, a frat party in a, in a sad way. Uh, but I don't know, maybe you guys think that it's good for golf. But 
I think uh, given the turnout at this event, more people go for the environment and the atmosphere than they do to actually watch golf. I also know from some YouTube videos that I watched with um, like Peter Finch. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen him on YouTube, but he is a, a British golfer. He actually is a brand ambassador for Whoop, and Whoop holds like a closest to the pin competition on the 16th hole prior to the tournament. And uh, I find that pretty cool and fun to watch. It's interesting to see how that plays out. He actually comes in second, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen that video. But um, that that's a neat event. But they hold those type of events before the main you know, professional golf tournament, which I think is what really separates the Waste Management Phoenix Open from a lot of the other golf uh, venues that we have out there. But uh, the, the party in the stands, the grandstands on the 16th hole is just, it's crazy. I'm wondering how you guys feel about that going on during a professional golf event. Okay. Do, do you guys like it? Do you think it's it's important for the fans to feel like they can, you know, be fans much like a, a, a baseball stadium crowd or a football stadium crowd would be? Or do you think, uh, you know, golf needs to remain reserved and, you know, yeah, you've always got the guy at the tee box when, uh, you know, a big hitter smashes a drive and then after the drive they yell something like meat and potatoes or some weird saying which really has nothing to do with golf, but they'll yell it anyway. And that, I mean, that's been around for a long time, but what about during play? Because on the 16th hole, people don't, they're not quiet when these guys are teeing off. They're, they're loud, they're partying, they're having a good time. And the players still seem to play golf with that going on. So, you know, one could argue that uh, maybe this would be a good thing for golf. I don't know. But you'll watch other PGA Tour events where somebody will, like, cough or talk in a backswing. And that player will hit a bad shot. They'll turn around. They'll just give them this, you know, death stare or something. Like, I cannot believe you you coughed in my backswing because that threw me off, you know. So I'm interested to know what you guys think about uh, the environment and the atmosphere at the Waste Management Open. Is it a good thing for golf? Are these, you know, people who really love golf that are going to this thing? Or are they more like just people who want to enjoy the uh, the party environment? They also had some concerts and stuff that they held there before the golf tournament. The group that puts this on for Waste Management Open does a really good job of, you know, making it an event Right? More so than just a professional golf tournament. It becomes an event and it's recognized as such. So I don't know, maybe that uh, that rowdiness is accepted at the uh, Waste Management Open as just it's, it's part of golf. Now, on one hand, uh, anything that gets golf exposure is a good thing. Okay, you know, how many different news sites out there, sports news sites are posting about this crazy streaker that you know, invaded the Waste Management Open a ton. So people who are not even interested in golf might want to check on that story and just read about it and be like, oh, you know, they're discovering the Waste Management Open and the environment for the first time. And it sounds like, hey, this is not like any other golf tournament that I've ever watched before. This is this is lively. It's got cheering. It's got crowds. It's got excitement. Maybe I need to give this a shot. And that could be a good on-ramp for a lot of uh, new people who are interested in golf but maybe didn't know how to bridge the gap from, say, maybe they're baseball fans or football fans. They don't want to go to some stuffy, regular old PGA Tour event. They want to go to something with some action. And the Waste Management Phoenix Open has a lot of action, guys. It does. So uh, maybe this is good for them. You know, they, they can get into golf because 
of the exposure that the Waste Management Phoenix Open is getting, all because some crazy dude decided to streak out on the uh, 16th hole. But it can also be problematic for golf because it sends the wrong message to people, those, those same people who are just you know, learning or maybe developing an interest in golf for the first time, it might send the wrong message like, oh, this dude, there's streaking going on. There, you know, people are drinking when they make a hole in one, they throw a bunch of uh, beer cans into the stadium. And, you know, so that may send the wrong message to some people who want to get into golf or maybe want to get into just watching golf and thinking that every PGA tournament or live golf tournament is exactly that. And live golf tries to do that. I mean, you can see, a lot of the the hype, if we if we want to call it that, the, that uh, you know Norman tried to put out there, Greg Norman tried to put out there to get you know people juiced up, and maybe some of that's coming from the uh, example of the Waste Management Open and how successful that tournament is, and maybe Liv wants to capitalize on that. That's why their environment's kind of maybe modeled after a little bit of that atmosphere and environment, but it could be problematic for golf because. Uh, you know, sending the wrong message to um, people who previously weren't interested in golf, getting them interested in thinking that they can show up at the Masters and, you know, uh, big funny foam hats and streak across the 13th hole or whatever, that is just to send in the wrong message. So I don't necessarily know if that's that's good. I think, you know, getting people interested in golf, because it is a difficult sport to get interested in, just to say, you know, be a spectator of, is a good thing, but you got to be careful about, you know, how this might be a misrepresentation of all golf tournaments. So I'm interested to know what you guys think. Do you like the Waste Management Phoenix Open? Do you disagree with it? Do you think it's good for golf? Do you think it's bad for golf? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. I'd really, uh, really like to know what you're thinking on this. Now, uh, amidst all this madness of the 16th hole, Scotty Scheffler takes home the W, okay? He takes home the win at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, which is good for Scotty Scheffler. And why might you ask? Well, because he now is world number one. He has pushed Rory McIlroy to the number two spot, and the number three is John Rahm. Now, it's got to be a good thing to say that you are the world golf number one, okay? I know that, you know, if if I were a professional golf uh, athlete and I became world number one, I'd be posting that stuff everywhere, all right? I'd probably get, like, you know, some sort of uh, uh, sticker or something that I could just put on everything that I own world number one forever, however long that would be. But for these guys who are performing at the top of their level, how do they feel about it? You know, are they happy? Are they excited? We know that when Rory became number one, he was very emotional. You know, he, he was very moved by uh, moving <laughs> into that spot. But is it really accurate? I mentioned this in some previous podcasts. Are these rankings truly accurate? I do not believe that they are. Okay, I, I really don't. Because you've got all these live golf players out there who are not getting points. I mean, you cannot tell me that Dustin Johnson is not in the top 10 of the official world golf rankings. You you cannot convince me of that. I mean, he won a ton last season on the Live Tour. 
yet he gets none of those points. So you, you can't tell me that he's not in the, the top 10. And how would his placement sway all the other numbers, all the other rankings? Okay, just his numbers. We're not talking about Kepka. We're not talking about uh, any of the other main players that transitioned over into live and how their wins or just, you know, top 10 finishes would influence the official world golf rankings, which is to say that the official world golf rankings don't really make any sense because if you look at the title, official world golf rankings, okay, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka. Bryson DeChambeau, Phil Mickelson, Sergio Garcia, Ian Poulter, all of them are global professional golfers. They're playing globally, yet they do not get official world golf ranking points. That, to me, is ridiculous. It's it's utterly ridiculous. I don't understand why that's happening, other than the PGA uh, Tour and their grip over the official world golf rankings board is uh, they're putting their hand on the scale. You know, they're changing the dynamic. They don't want these live golfers to get those points. But being, you know, one of the top three, Rom, Rory, or Scheffler, I would be mad as all get out because here's, here's the truth behind it. I know that even though my name's up by the number one on that uh, ranking list, I'm not truly number one. Or if I am... I can't say that I'm truly number one because there's so many talented golfers out there that aren't on the list. You know, how is this How is this right? How is this even fair to the global golf community? You know what I mean? Maybe you don't follow just the PGA Tour players. Maybe you follow live golfers and PGA Tour players and you want to see how they compare. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just not accurate. Now, I'm sure Scotty Scheffler is happy to be in the number one position, as would anybody, but I just happen to wonder, does he feel like he's truly being measured against all of the world's greatest golfers, or does he feel like the field has just been kind of thinned out, you know, not to discredit any of the other golfers that are on the world ranking points, because there are a ton of great golfers on the world ranking points that are consistently getting points because they stayed with the PGA Tour, but there's also a ton of great golfers that aren't getting points. So that would kind of always sit in the back of my mind as to whether or not I'm actually compared against all the other great golfers in the world. Is it truly an accurate list? I think not. Not until live golfers get their points and get back on the list. Now the Genesis Invitational is coming up and what a big deal the tournament has become because of one major player. I know you guys know him. Tiger Woods. El Tigre, okay? He is in the Genesis Invitational. Now, it's at Riviera, and uh, Tiger's never won at Riviera. And currently, uh, most of the uh, sports gurus have him at 150 to 1 odds to even make the cut. But, you know, people can't help themselves. They like Tiger Woods. He is a huge draw for the sport. I, I mean, I guarantee you, the people that live golf, would have thrown everything they possibly had to attract Tiger Woods over to live golf. But he said, no, he's staying with the PGA Tour. And because of that, he's a huge draw for the PGA Tour. And it's not about the money for him. He doesn't need money anymore. He's a billionaire. He's got his fingers in so many other joint 
golf ventures out there. It's crazy. I think he started some sort of like indoor golf league or something like that. I don't, I'm not really sure, but I know that he's got a lot of other uh, golf ventures going on out there. I, I even think I read something about him developing like an 8,000-yard course, which I would really love to play and then maybe you know, uh, have a self-pity party after I scored 200 after I played the course. I'm just kidding, guys. It, it wouldn't be quite that bad, but it would be pretty rough. I mean, 8,000 yards, you got to be you got to be a heck of a ball striker to uh, to play an 8,000-yard course. But he doesn't need the money. That's, you know, he loves the PGA Tour, and uh, he does not want to get involved with Live Golf, and I understand that. But as far as him playing in this Genesis Invitational, can he compete? I don't know. I mean, he's just he's hurt himself so badly with that accident where it hurt his leg. And we saw his performance at the Masters, which, you know, it was amazing that he could even make that happen. But I know he wanted to be involved. I know he wanted to play. And a lot of people wanted to to go and see him play. I know a couple guys that, that drove like seven or eight hours to go see him play um, just so that they could say, hey, you know, I saw Tiger Woods at the Masters, even though he wasn't in uh, his best form. But I think sports, no matter what sport you follow, be it baseball, football, whatever, I think in sports, everyone loves a comeback story, a good old comeback story, whether it's a player who's recovering from some crazy injury, or if it's a player returning from retirement, you know, it happens all the time in football and sometimes in baseball, you know, players come back out of retirement and they try to make a big show and, you know, have another shot at glory. But I don't know, maybe it's the innate desire in in us to see uh, people succeed after, you know, a big failure or uh, overcome some major uh, injury or something like that. But I don't care what sport you follow. It's it's a draw to the sport, you know. Like, I remember a few years ago, actually it's been several years ago, a big UFC fighter, um, Gosh, I can't remember his last name. Randy. I know some of you guys out there will know. Randy something decided that he was going to come out of retirement and fight this guy. The match didn't go as as well as he planned. I believe he lost. But everybody was so hyped up about, you know, this great, great fighter coming out of retirement to give it another shot. And, I mean, just the excitement around it is is just, it's palpable. You know, everybody is... Uh, rooting for him to win you know and then of course you got the people who say he'll never do it but getting back to tiger that is the situation here you've got an injured player a, a star player a, a, a huge force in the sport he has been whether you like him or not whether you agree with some of the things that he says or not he is a huge part of golf and everyone should recognize that and now he's he's back in the mix, playing golf again, and he will draw the crowds. People will come to see him play. They'll come to see him if, even if he doesn't make the cut. Even if he were to shoot 80 out there, they'll still come to see him because you're in the presence of someone who's, who is a, uh, you know, a force in the sport, and you want to see that, you know, no matter what level they're playing at. And you get your own little I saw Tiger story, you know. It's like seeing a great you know, concert or whatever before a band breaks up or whatnot. You know, you, you want to see Tiger before he officially retires. Well, your time is, is getting uh, limited because he doesn't need the money. He's already a billionaire. He wants to play golf. He loves golf. You know, if you want to see Tiger, I would suggest that you, you make plans to try and see him in the 2023 season because who knows how much longer he'll have. And I'm, 
I'm not even sure if he's going to go to the Champions Tour. You know, I don't think that he would do that. But this is good for golf. I will say that, you know, I'm under no illusion that Tiger is some sort of underdog, even with his injuries. You know, he's still got a, a long list of accomplishments that, uh, you know, to back up his career. Um, so he's definitely not an underdog by any means, but he is playing at a disadvantage because of his injuries. And I think people want to want to see him succeed and uh, they want to believe in that Tiger spirit that we saw in the late 90s, early 2000s. They want to see that player again. And I'm, I'm sure there are uh, um, parts of that person still within Tiger Woods. I mean, that greatness could still be there golf-wise. But that injury, it's, it's big to overcome. And I think the biggest thing, the biggest, juiciest part of this story is that if Tiger comes back and is, is showing signs of success early on in the 2023 season, I guarantee it, mark my words, you are going to have people talking about the potential for Tiger to beat the all-time great Jack Nicholas. Will Tiger beat his record? Will he exceed Nicholas's record? I don't know, but I guarantee you if Tiger does well in some of these opening tournaments in the 2023 season, you're going to have people bring that back up and that debate will start again. Previous to this, you know, I just figured he's done. You know, this injury is going to keep him out, but mark my words, you'll see that happen. Guys, if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a rating or review for the pod. Really, really helps out the podcast, and I'd greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, keep on swinging. Thank you.